Well, if you think you know everything about delusions, you're probably kidding yourself. But our next guest on Sunday Extra knows a fair bit about the subject. Victoria Shepherd is an award-winning producer of history documentaries and podcasts for BBC Radio 4. She recently produced the 10-part series, A History of Delusions, and from there went on to write her first book, which is called A History of Delusions, The Glass King, A Substitute Husband and a Walking Corpse. It's an intriguing title and an extraordinary subject. So it's a delight to welcome Victoria to Sunday Extra now to discuss uh, walking corpses and breakable monarchs. Welcome to Sunday Extra, Victoria. Thanks so much for having me. Victoria, how did you become interested in famous examples of delusions from history? I was looking through a great big dusty tome and um, I came across a reference which made me instantly jettison what I was doing (laughs) and stop because it mentioned a king, a 14th into 15th century king of France, King Charles VI, who believed that he turned into glass. And I I thought, hey, what's what's going on there? (laughs) Yeah. and, and it really it really went from there. My interest in trying to understand what seems on the surface to be um, inexplicable, uh, bizarre, a marvel of the mind. Um, and the more I investigated, beginning with Charles VI of France, the more um, understandable it became. Here's this monarch who publicly anyways is um, in great big trouble with the Hundred Years' War with England, so has a busy day job. But privately, what he's worried about is, is smashing if he sits down or comes into contact with, uh, any, yeah. with any hard surfaces. So it's a, is... it's a big pose, you know, because it's, it's serious life and death stuff to him, you know, as, as is the case with all delusions. Well, and I think you started yeah. with exactly the right question. And where did you get to with Charles VI, Victoria? <laughs> what was going on there? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, I you know, it's, there's poetic license here because we can't know, as with any of these mm. case studies, these 10 individuals, exactly what's kind of brought these delusions to life. But certainly looking closely at his life, you begin to understand. Well, you, you ask yourself the question. It begins with questions, which is, what's it doing for him that's worth the ridicule of Europe, you know, of, of saying that you think you're going to smash? It must be offering something pretty hefty by way of protection in order to be worth this jeopardy because he never backed down from it. People never do, really, from, from their delusions. Um, and it seems when you ask that question, you start to see encoded hopes and fears and a kind of communicate, encoded communicate that demands attention and, and interpretation. And in his case, you look at glass, the properties of glass, you know, it's, it's fragile, but it's transparent. It has a kind of alchemical magic to it. If you're made of glass, you're telling the world, it's an instruction to the world about how to treat you, aren't you? You're saying, stay mm. away, you know, don't get too close. You'll break me, but also I'm, I'm precious. I'm a treasure. The unifying concept of the book, Victoria, is this word delusion. What Mm. is a delusion? Is there a medical definition for that word or are we talking about a range of conditions? Well, I mean, it's really the definition that I use in the book is really important, as you say, because it's we use it. So it's such a nebulous term. Mm. Technically, in terms of psychiatric definition of a delusion is what I is what I always have tried to kind of stay focused on, which is a fixed false belief that can't be shaken despite plenty of evidence to the contrary. And you've hinted in the case of Charles VI to a sort of almost like a a metaphorical explanation Mm. for Mm. the condition. Is it sometimes a symptom of other disease? I mean, a useful case here is, is the first case of my book, which is um, the delusion of doubles. So um, 
she's Madame M in the case notes, in the French psychiatric case notes. She's given the pseudonym of Madame M. And she walked into a police station in 1918, claiming that her husband had been murdered and substituted for, for a double. Uh, so it's like the beginning of a kind of Edgar Allan Poe short story. It's got a kind of thriller, mystery quality to it. Mm. When I researched her story and started to understand what was going on in her life, she'd lost lots of children in infancy. She'd lived through the First World War. Great trauma and her delusion... Uh, she's obviously pretty unhappily married as well. And there's a kind of, you start to see in her case that it's easier to believe in these kind of substitutions and in the idea that her husband isn't really her husband than it is to, to deal with kind of the randomness of, of, of the death and chaos that's all around her. But also with that delusion, as we've got better scanning techniques um, in Western medicine, we've started to see that particularly with um, that delusion, with delusions of doubles, that there's a there's a problem going on in the right cortex. So there's an organic brain quality that often goes along with the delusion of doubles. And so with Mad mm. with Madame M, with these people from the past, of course, we can't scan them. So it's frustrating. I can't know how much, if at all, her delusion of doubles was affected by any kind of organic brain disease or whether the sort of psych psychological lens that I, I kind of tend to take to most of them is there or it's a balance of the two. So, you know, it's it's always going to be, in her, you know, at the end of the day, there'll be an element of mystery with all these people. On Sunday Extra, know. we are speaking with Victoria Shepherd, author of A History of Delusions, The Glass King, A Substitute Husband and The Walking Corpse. And I think we've ticked off the first two there, Victoria. So could you tell us quickly about The Walking Corpse? <laughs> yeah, well, The Walking Corpse... In, in the book, she has another pseudonym. A lot of these, the people, uh, when the, basically when when delusions were first really kind of investigated, notes were taken for the first time was in France um, after the revolution when psychiatrists started to be interested in in these phenomena, psychological phenomena, and really listen mm. to people and take notes. So a lot of the a lot of the characters in the book are French, and that's the reason. So anyway, Madame X uh, tells her psychiatrist in the late 19th century that she's already died. She's experienced a thunderbolt down her back and um, that she she's in fact already dead, which has a kind of macabre quality, obviously. And um, you know, the idea of the zombie of the of the living dead uh, is is a kind of motif that crops up all over the place and lots and lots of different cultures. With this particular woman, I, I've investigated. That's what I tried to do with all the characters is really look at forensic detail, try and follow their steps, try and understand what their everyday lives were like because you've got this kind of really macabre um, image um, and mm. try and see the real person behind it, you know, and, and find out what she'd been through. And I do discover certain things. She, she'd had... Um, a great problem with her first communion, which was an enormous trauma. So she mentions that in the notes. And you start to see uh, she'd also lived through the siege of Paris. Again, great trauma crops up again and again with, with the kind of birth of these delusions. And the idea that you, you've kind of already died allows you to kind of, a bit like turning into glass in a way, allows you to kind of um, step back from the world. And again, you start to see that how that might be a protective thing to be. It's a kind of numbing and, um, yeah, a withdrawal from the world. In mm. the past, before Madame X, there are cases of people who were, as it were, walking corpses that go way right back to the beginning of recorded delusions. And that, that was one of the delusion types that people used to try and trick, use ruses is what they called sort of pious frauds to try and trick people out of their delusions. There are famous cases of other walking corpses in the early modern period where somebody would get a stooge to lie in a coffin and, and then sit up um, next to the person who said they'd already died and say, well, look, if this person can eat, so can you. And because of the extremity of the delusions that you study, much of the source material, although not all of it, comes from 
the doctors who treated the people in your book. So the relationship between those doctors and patients is also mm. something that you uh, have some really interesting insights into. You, you write, for example, that the points of contact between the doctors and patients are touching and sometimes every bit as intriguing as the delusions themselves. Could, could you give us an example of that? The doctors that, that picked up on these people who, who came into their institutions with certain delusions, there's a reason why they were interested um, enough to really pull up a chair and listen and take notes to these people who turned up in these in these often French institutions, or at least originally. Gatian de Clarembeau is, is a really interesting one. He coined the delusion erotomania, which is the, the idea that a person of high status um, is madly in love with you. So it's kind of um, stalking in reverse, if you like, because mm, uh, yeah. you're not in love with them. They're in love with you. They're pursuing you. And um, Leia Anabey, who's the, the pseudonym um, of, of of his case study, of his kind of original case study of erotomania, believed that um, George V um, in English, she's a French housewife, but she believes that uh, George V um, is madly in love with her and travels to London to watch the, the curtains twitching in Buckingham Palace and see when he'll give her a sign to meet for an assignation <laughs> and so on. And to Clarenbeau, her, her psychiatrist, listens to her, writes her up, is fascinated. Uh, he shares it with his peers, this, this psychological phenomenon. He was traumatised, and this is often the case, by the First World War. A lot of these doctors who were coining the delusions had been through the same war that their patients had been through and had served often in the medical corps, helping with what we call now shell shock and so on. And they were deeply traumatised. And his story is, is extraordinary. Part of um, what he'd studied for, for many, many years was this phenomenon of uh, French housewives shoplifting fabric from department stores and this particular phenomenon of, of women stealing fabric for its kind of tactile qualities. And he, he also taught and studied drapery and, and how material fell and how you might sculpt that. Uh, so he was really interested in how people stole, dealt with the kind of erotic qualities of material. And when he died, he was found in this tragic tableau where he'd taken his service pistol from the First World War and taken his own life in front of the mirror. And so he was surrounded by mannequins draped in material. So he was, as it were, experiencing the same fetish mm. with material that his patients had been, um, unbeknownst to anybody. You can see very, very clearly there why he was so interested in Leanna Bay and the women he was studying. But the, the, the thing that links him to other doctors is this experience of the First World War. And, and it's not hard to understand why they were interested in fractured psyches. Yes, indeed. And all of which goes to show that the Glass King, a substitute husband and a walking corpse is just the start of it. Uh, Victoria Shepherd, <laughs> the history of delusions is truly fascinating. Thank you so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra. Thanks so much for having me. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.